Welcome to the Strong Enough Podcast, your relationship wellness podcast. I'm your host, Claudia. Today's guest is going to share with us how going through divorce actually helped her rediscover herself. She's now stronger, more empowered, and is helping other women do the same. Please help me in welcoming Jasmine Rice. Jasmine, thank you so much for being here with me today. I really appreciate it. How is your day going? Thank you so much for having me. It's going well. And uh, I hear that you have a birthday coming up. Now, by the time this airs, it will be post-birthday. But let me start by wishing you a happy birthday. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Well, we're just going to jump right in. Um, I appreciate your time today, and I appreciate you being willing to talk a little bit about your story and how that has put you on the path to where you are today. So why don't we start with you just sharing a little bit about yourself? Great. Um, Well, I am divorced and I am a life coach and I coach divorced women who are navigating those transitions. I do work with other people who are navigating other challenging transitions, but that's primarily who I I focus on. And um, that's kind of led me to this career path that I'm I'm doing today as a life coach. um, I've been in Colorado for 18 years and um, I personally, I, I love to run. I'm a runner and And I have a little fur baby, Bailey, who's the love of my life. Excellent. We have so much in common. I think you're my first official guest also in Colorado. So here's to Colorado. Um, I know that we have the running in common as well. You probably are way better at it than I am. I don't know Um, about that. (laughs) Well, uh, you have a marathon coming up, I believe. So uh, training hard for that. How's that going? Yes, I just, I had a half marathon training run this last weekend and the race is it's the New York marathon in November. So uh, training, that's basically my life on the weekends. I'm kind of boring right now, just running and running some more. <laughs> I completely get it. My half is in four weeks and I have been kickboxing and running. So I'm trying to do, um, you know, a, a blended training. So we'll, we'll see how that works out. Yes. So you mentioned that you're divorced. We are going to talk a little bit about that, but I want to start with uh, a little bit of your background in that you are coaching. Now, you actually went to college uh, for psychology. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes. I have a degree in psychology and my plan was I was going to go get my master's immediately after I graduated with my bachelor's. And I kind of fell into the nonprofit world. So that's where I was for almost 19 years as I was working in the nonprofit industry. So um, when I lost my job, things kind of shifted and I went back into where I started years ago. Now, you mentioned losing your job, and I believe that happened at a time when you had a lot of other things going on. You kind of got a lot of hits at once. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Now, you... You married, I I think, what was like your high school sweetheart. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, yes. When it rains, it pours. So everything did pretty much happen at once. Um, I got married to my high school sweetheart. We actually moved to Colorado together 
uh, 18 years ago uh, from Kansas. Uh, we went to college together and then um, we were married for 14 years and it ended in divorce. And not long after my divorce, I lost my job of 13 years. So, um, and in there, I also lost two dogs that were like my babies. And so a lot was happening all at once. Um, and uh, again, and when it rains, it pours, it seems like. No, I totally agree with you. And I think you had some physical issues as well. Will you talk a little bit about what happened with your hair during all this? Yes. So the stress was um, tra traumatic. I mean, this was a very, very traumatic event for me. And um, that happens when you have a traumatic event in your life many times. And so about three months after the separation, so I wasn't divorced at that time, my hair began falling out in just chunks. And it was, um, again, on top of everything else that was happening, depression I had going on, I was losing my hair physically, I was not very healthy, I wasn't eating and taking care of myself. So a lot of things happened at one time. How did that make you feel as a woman? I know that for a lot of us, not for all of us, but for a lot of us, you know, our hair is one of those things that really signifies our womanhood and makes us feel beautiful. So is that how you felt? And if so, how did it make you feel then when you lost that? Absolutely. I started thinking, the first thing I thought was now this is something else that's happening to me. Uh, and then if I'm going to start dating again, eventually, you know, who's going to want to date me with my hair falling out? And my hair was a huge part of who I was. I always had very, very long hair uh, since I was little. And um, it was uh, part of my identity. And so losing that on top of the divorce and then the job loss and everything, I felt like I really didn't know who I was. How did you rediscover that? Um, I had an aha moment that I'm not so proud of, but um, as I was going through my divorce, I would read every self-help book that I could find. I was listening to different podcasts on divorce and overcoming it, Googling tips on what I should do. And I was getting frustrated because nothing was fixing me. And I just kept expecting the next book that I read was going to say, oh, this is what you're going to do and you'll be healed. And it wasn't happening. Um, I was drinking way too much at that time to just numb the pain. And I, um, I passed out in my bathtub and woke up choking on water. And um, I pulled myself out. And when I just kind of, you know, sat with myself for a moment, I said, something has to change and I have to do it. You know, I can look at my my other resources out there to assist me, but it needed to be me that made that choice. And I was ready at that point in time. So unfortunately, it took that for me to just kind of come come together and say, this is what I need to do to move forward. Once you had that moment and there's nothing to be ashamed of, you know what I mean? We We all go through things and I'm just happy that you woke up, you know, in that moment and it changed your life. So how was that going forward after you had that moment? So there was um, a lot of self-discovery of what I was going to, how I was going to do this. I knew I needed to change my mindset. I was very, very negative. I looked at myself really as a victim of, you know, everything's happening to me. Mm -hmm. And when I started taking some responsibility and saying that if I want things to change, 
I have to start putting in the effort for that. So I needed to shift my mindset, which kind of took me back to my degree in psychology. And I, I love psychology and the mind and the brain. And there's so much power you have to control your, your thoughts. And so that's when I began um, studying the NLP, neurolinguistic programming. And I'd heard of it years ago, back when I was mm. in college. And that's what helped me move forward. And I wanted to be able to help other people the way that I helped myself. And I mean, I'm a product of my product. I, mm. I work with people and it's because that's what I used when I was going through my divorce and my job loss. Will you talk a little bit about NLP for the people who aren't as familiar with it? Yes. So it's neurolinguistic programming. And if you've heard of cognitive behavioral therapy, there's definitely some similarities between the two. But neurolinguistic programming focuses more on the subconscious and trying to transform your thoughts, your um, working on self-awareness, confidence, the perception of things. And again, more on the subconscious level where cognitive behavioral therapy, again, very similar, it's more on the, the conscious level. So you're really trying to shift those thoughts and take more control over those thoughts that just sometimes pop into your brain when you don't want them to. Which happens way too often for a lot of us. I want to talk about any other physical issues that you had. And, and the reason I'm asking is because I know we've had other guests who have mentioned the same, and we have really seen that link between uh, issues, whether it's mental health issues, depression, or just going through traumatic events that then seem to spiral into physical health manifestation. So did you experience anything else with that? Or have you seen other clients who have had similar experiences? Yes, personally, for me, there was significant weight loss and then significant weight gain. And so at first, I just couldn't eat. I couldn't eat anything. And physically for myself, I had no energy. Um, I wasn't sleeping. So I was tired all the time, which created brain fog and I just couldn't focus. And then when I did start to eat again, it was I wasn't hungry and then I'd eat a bag of potato chips. And so then there was weight gain on top of it. And I really struggled with that with my self-esteem as well. You know, I'm again, going through a divorce and I had lost weight and gained weight. And my hair was falling out. Um, and so during this time of discovering myself and working on my mindset, I did also take a lot of responsibility on working on my, my physical health as well. And I've transformed myself and that's, I, I've done a couple of posts on this on my website of, you know, my physical transformation, which I am very proud of, but it's really my mental transformation that I'm even more proud of because that's what allowed me to physically transform myself when I was going through these things. And so exercise is a huge part of my self-care and what I do. Um, but the the um, when I started exercising more, it helped with my depression. It helped with my sleep. It helped with all of those things that was affecting my myself physically and mentally. Have you ever gone through periods of time when, whether it was illness, injury, where you couldn't exercise as much as you're used to? Yes, yes. And that's, um, that's when I have to rely on a lot of other types of self-care that I practice for myself. And journaling is one of those, or reading, um, doing other things that I can, um, or going on a drive if I can't go out and 
and be in nature and take a hike because I've had some surgeries since my divorce that have um, affected me being able to work out, but I love being in nature and I love being outdoors. So at least if I can be outside somehow, that's very healing for me as well. I think that's a great point because I have been through similar issues with surgeries, illness, and I have really realized that connection between being able to exercise and my mental wellness. So what advice would you give other than, you know, what you said, you gave a couple suggestions that work for you, but if you see somebody else who's dealing with that struggle that, okay, I can't do what I'm used to doing and I'm really struggling mentally, what would you say to those people? It's a perfect time to explore and try new things. And um, I paint, that's something that I just picked Mm -hmm. up years ago when um, I I spent a lot of time alone when I was married. My husband worked, my ex-husband worked quite a lot. Um, And so I just started playing with paint and the paintings behind me that are, are ones that I did. Um, And so I think it's a great time to just try new things to keep yourself busy. Uh, At the very beginning of um, COVID, when everything locked down, I decided I was going to learn how to knit. I am not a great knitter, but again, I just decided to try something new to keep myself busy when I wasn't able to do all of those things. So it's a great time to just explore things that you thought, you know, why don't I just give it a try? I absolutely love that advice. I need to take it myself. Uh, I never knitted. I do know it's knit one, pearl two. Is that is that right? Um, so I guess I could try that at some point. Um, I want to go back and talk a little bit about after your divorce and how that made you feel relating to love, marriage, intimate relationships. How did it affect you, you know, being with somebody who you'd pretty much known forever, you know, since you were a teen and then having that end? Yes, I grew up with him. I was with him since I was 17 years old and I did not know how to live without him. I really didn't. And I was really scared. I think more than anything, just because I didn't know how to be alone. I didn't know what to do with myself. I, he, he took care of me in an essence, you know, in a way, and I was really scared to lose that. And then I thought I'm never going to find someone again that I can connect with. And, you know, yes, we ended in divorce, but we still had, you know, a connection. And I knew this person for 23 years and I was very scared that I was never going to be able to um, open up again, be able to be vulnerable again with someone. And um, I do have a boyfriend right now. And the the connection I have with him is um, in ways even deeper because I know myself more now. You know, in the three years since I'd been divorced, I discovered who I was. And um, it just, again, organically happened. And I, I, I wasn't necessarily looking for it. But I, because I know me now, I've been able to open up more, I think. And um, I think... I think it's just, you can't push it. You can't um, put a timeline on when that's going to happen. And, uh, but it was really scary for me. I remember saying over and over, I'm never going to find anyone again. How do you feel about marriage? Is that something that you would consider again? So uh, funny you asked that. When I first got divorced, I said, absolutely not. I said, I would never get married again. And if you can take vows and just break them, what's the point? Um, and I think I've softened to that. I do still feel like it's not something that I 
have to have in my life. Um, I think a partnership is something that I want to have, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be marriage. But um, I really struggled in the beginning with the fact that, you know, you don't go into marriage thinking you're going to get divorced. And Mm -hmm. so if you can say vows in front of, you know, your friends and family, and then you just break them, then what's the point of going through that? But I I definitely have softened to that now, but it's not something I say that I, I have to have in my life. How empowering was it for you to feel the way you felt when you were going through divorce and feeling like this person took care of me, I need this person, what am I going to do without them? But here you are, you know, not just surviving, but thriving, rediscovering yourself or even maybe discovering yourself for the first time. How empowering has that been for you? Very, very, very scary at first. Very scary. But little things, and I actually can remember one specifically where I felt very empowered, was um, my ex-husband and I, when we would hang pictures on walls, you know, it was it was a process. We had to get the measuring tape out and everything, and it was, it was a process. So um, my place where I live and hanging a picture, the first picture I hung, I just put a nail and hammered it in and hung it up and it felt so good. And it was just, I wasn't expecting that feeling, but yes, it's been very empowering to, to do things and learn about myself and, um, you know, scary and there's been tears and it's been a, a, you know, a journey and it's still going to be a journey moving Mm -hmm. forward. But um, little things like that, that you don't expect can be like, wow, that that felt great today. (laughs) And celebrating those small wins, you know, just celebrating those little things is very important. I completely agree. I think so many of us expect so much from ourselves. And when we don't get it perfect or we don't do the big thing yet, we don't celebrate those small wins. So I'm so glad that you said that. And if you hung the stuff behind you, I mean, it looks level and fantastic and evenly spaced. So I think, I think you've got it. You mentioned, you know, there's tears. It's still a journey. One of the things that I really loved when I looked at your website was the fact that you are so open and honest and self-aware. And you pretty much said, I I don't know verbatim, but more or less, like if you're looking for someone who completely has their shit together, go to another website. I am not your girl. And you admit that you're still on a journey. You're still going through tough times for whatever reason. What gave you that self-awareness and that ability to just put it out there and say, I'm not perfect. I'm here to help you if you want it. But if you want that perfect person, it's simply not me. And it's really no one. So if someone says that they're perfect, then it's really they're they're falsifying their uh-huh. their information. Um, I I really struggled at first um, thinking that I had to have it all together. Like, how am I really going to help people? And when I looked back at what I wanted when I was going through my divorce, it was someone who had been through it, someone who would be very real with me and say. Uh, it sucks and it's going to suck for a while, but we can do this together. And I liked that. I liked that honesty. And that's really the reality. And I, I wanted to be able to offer that to other people. And um, everybody has struggles. You know, people, 
there's therapists out there and who have their own therapists that they go see because they need to talk about that. And no one has it all together. And um, I want to be real and transparent with my clients and my listeners, my followers, because I think that that helps them relate to me because I am real. I'm a real person and I have come a long way, but I still have shitty days and I still struggle and I still cry and I'm a real person. I love that because I do think we put people or, or we often want to put people that are helping us on that pedestal of this is my therapist, this is my coach, they have it all together. And in reality, like you said, none of us are perfect, none of us have it all together. So would you find that that relatability has been a connection point for you with your clients? Yes, absolutely. And I do a free 30-minute screening before I work with anybody to make sure we really are a good match because I want to make sure my style matches with them and that they feel that I can support them and help them um, because it might not be me and that's okay. But I I feel that me being transparent and, and honest and putting, you know, my stories out there, you can read my blogs on my website that, you know, either someone can relate to it and they want to work with me or there's another match out there for them and that's okay too. How does that feel? Because again, a lot of people equate that with personal rejection, you know, oh, that person doesn't want to work with me. What did, What's wrong with me? What did I do wrong? Talk a little bit about how you have that confidence to say, we just might not be right for each other. Uh, it didn't come right away, for sure. I remember the first blog that I wrote when I got a negative comment, and it just broke my heart. I thought I put my heart and soul into this blog, and it was hard. And I realized when you're going to be vulnerable and you're going to put yourself out there, you know, you have to not only have thick skin, but you have to be prepared for those negative comments from some people. And not everybody likes everybody. And I mean, it goes back to even when you were we're kids in school. You're not friends with everybody in school. You know, you have certain people and it's the same way with all different relationships, including a coaching relationship. So um, it it took a a little while at first when my business started, but then I realized that's okay. You know, my style's not going to match everybody just like, you know, there's other people's styles out there that don't match mine. What advice would you give to the people who really need a therapist or a coach, and I believe everybody does need at least one of those people in their lives. But I also know for a lot of people, it's really scary. Um, I get a lot of comments from people that watch and listen to this, and they just struggle with A, being vulnerable, trusting someone, and just reaching out for help in the first place. Tell me a little bit about what you say to those people. Well, if they've contacted me, uh, then they've already reached out. And that's first step, which is great. Um, I offer a lot of free material out there, my blog. And I have even a free webinar that I offer because I know everybody's not at that place yet to make that step. So if they're um, toying around and they're, they're searching the internet and they're Googling, they've already made that first step. They're trying to improve. They just aren't sure if they want someone to hold their hand at that time. And so it's going to be, it's, it's personal for everybody. Your, your journey is going to be very personal for you. And maybe self-help books 
are all you need and that's okay. Um, I have one that I'm releasing this fall, actually. I'm so excited about that. Um, but then again, if you um, need therapy and, and there's definitely some crossover between coaching and mm -hmm. therapy, but there's, um, uh, there's definitely diff uh, things that are very different as well. You have therapy focusing a lot on the past, present, and future traumatic events to, to delve into. And coaching is very forward focused, goal oriented. And, um, but again, there's definitely crossover. So I would say, you know, you've taken that first step if you're reading blogs and you're reading self-help books and um, try some of those, you know, free webinars out there to see if it re resonates with you and you can connect with that. Um, but yes, it definitely can be scary and uh, to be vulnerable and put yourself out there and, and to get that support. But um, it's individual for each person, I believe. What I appreciate that you just said that I think I picked up on, you know, if they're already on the internet and maybe they're doing some searching, so maybe even if they're just listening to or watching a podcast, they are taking that first step to at least being open to the process. And I think that's huge because it is such a struggle for so many people just to be open. So maybe if now they realize they've already taken that first step, it is a little bit less scary. Would you agree? I would 100% agree with that. And for me, I know when I decided to start working with a coach, I wanted to work with someone who had gone through something similar. And it's not necessarily the case for everybody, but I wanted someone to be able to relate to the fact that I was divorced and um, that's who I chose to work with. Again, very personal choice for everybody, but um I, I think for me, that helped me connect with my coach, knowing that they had experienced some of the things that I had gone through. And is that what led you to coach and to have that niche more so of divorced women? And I know you said you work with other people, but that's your primary focus. So is finding the coach that helped you, what led you to be that coach for others? Yes, absolutely. I, I did struggle in the beginning, niching down so specific to only work with divorced women uh, because I felt that my job loss and other things that I'd gone through um, were also very traumatic. And the NLP and the mindset shifting, I use those techniques in other areas. And that's why I do have clients that have not been divorced before. And But it's, again, something, a very challenging transition that they're facing in their life but primarily divorced women. Um, and I think that that connection right there that they feel with me because I've been there. Now, I know a lot of divorced women are also single moms now. And you were a single fur mom. Tell me a little bit about any struggles you may have encountered being a divorced woman and having fur children that you then lost and maybe experiencing some difficulties or some issues from people who thought, well, that's, they're just dogs. They don't really matter. Yes. And um, I'm not in any way trying to compare my fur children to human children. Very, very different. Um, I, I'm, I feel fortunate that I don't have to have, I mean, I'm sad because I don't have children. That's, you know, kind of another story, but um, 
I, I am fortunate that a kid is not having to go back and forth between us. I know how challenging it is coming from a divorced home myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that that's challenging on children. Um, but my ex and I treated our dogs like they were our kids. And it's actually written into the divorce agreement that we share custody of the little dog we have left. Mm -hmm. And I know that can sound really silly, but we both love her so much and we're not willing to give her up and um, so we do share custody so the communication we have is um, about her and mm -hmm. you know she has to go back and forth between our homes um, but it was um, you know it was challenging because I wanted her full-time and then mm -hmm. realizing you know he loves her too and so you know even though we didn't have human children we still had this custody issue that we had to work through. How difficult was it for you to be open to that what you just said of, well, I just, I want Bailey, right? Yes. I want Bailey all the time. I'm mad at him anyway. Um, but then to, to be open and caring enough to say, no, he loves Bailey as well. Let me try to work this out. Tell me a little bit about that process. It was a lot for her. She loves him too, you know? And I just felt like, uh, that would be not fair for her. Uh, and she is a very high maintenance dog. She has diabetes and she is half blind and has separation anxiety. And so it's nice actually to have that support a uh -huh. little bit as well. Um, but I know she loves him too. And I am, I'm a caring, empathetic person and I didn't want to take that away from him. That's very big of you. Um, I, because I do feel the same way about my dogs and um, it would be really hard to even part with them for a day. So I applaud that decision. What would you say to somebody who's in a similar situation and maybe even just out of spite and whether it is for children or children, uh, they want to keep them away from their partner and not for safety reasons or unhealthy reasons, but really just out of anger. What would you say to them? Um, it's a little selfish. It really is. Um, and you have to think of everybody that's involved in the situation and not just what's best for you, because it might not, you know, be best for you because there's triggers when you're having to see that other person, which yes, I've been there with the, with the triggers, but you have to look at everybody who's in that situation and how it's going to affect everybody involved. And yes, even a dog, you know, because she, she's known him for 13 years and loves him still. So when you, Kind of take a breath and step back and you look at everybody involved and what's best for everybody in the situation. Excellent. I love that. You lit up earlier when you mentioned your book. So I would love if you would share a little bit about that and what we can expect from that. Yes. Um, well, I wrote an ebook first and that um, anybody can download that for free on my website. And that kind of led me into the, the book that I actually wrote. And it is creating your own life recipe, um, life after divorce. And uh, basically what I believe is that we all get to create our own healing recipe as we're going through something 
traumatic or challenging that we have to face. And I can't write a book to say, this is how you should get through divorce. But what I can do is I can talk about bits and pieces um, of uh, friendships and having a network of people and um, different relationships, talking about self-care and making sure that you're taking care of yourself. But I don't tell someone how to do it because again, it's very personal. And so that's really my book. It's sort of a guide on figuring out what's going to work best for you when you're navigating this, you know, really challenging transition that you're facing. How difficult was it to write or was it very cathartic? I feel that it was um, difficult at first and then it became really cathartic for me. And it was probably a year in the making this book because um, I, I went back to some of the first chapters and I, I saw there was a little too much anger in some of the words and I was in a different place. And so I'm really glad that actually it took me a while to get to a point where I was ready to publish it because um, I was able to step back and then go revisit it again. Excellent. And when can we expect that? So uh, November of this year. Excellent. That's very exciting. I I'll definitely... be posting updates all on my social media. So. <laughs> Perfect. So I know that you did just say that there's no, there's no one right way to do things when it comes to divorce and going through that. And it is a personal journey. However, if you had to give just one nugget for people going through divorce, what would that one nugget be? other than read your book. So that's nugget one. What's the next one? Um, it's going to be nurturing that relationship with yourself. That's so important. And I think it's not selfish to practice self-care. I think a lot of people think that it is, especially when they have you know other people in their lives to take care of. You have to nurture that relationship with yourself, take care of yourself and learn to really love yourself and discover yourself and give yourself grace and give yourself time to to work on you and grow. Um, I think that I, I really lost myself in my marriage. I, I didn't know how to you know, really live, or I didn't know who I was. And so taking that time, it's not selfish to do that. You are with yourself more than anyone else in the whole world. You can't escape yourself. So make sure that you're spending time to make yourself a really awesome person that you want to hang out with because you're with you all the time. Why do you think we as women, because I, I do think it's women more so than men, maybe, why do we do that? Why do we lose ourselves, particularly in intimate relationships. We're caretakers. That's who we are by nature. And we want to take care of people. We want to take care of our partner. We want to take care of our children. You know, we want to take care of our parents or other people. And, and we forget about ourselves. And you're going to be better in all of those relationships if you're taking care of yourself. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Tell me a little bit about some wellness advice. I know we talked about self-care a lot, some different ways that you can do things for yourself to keep your mental health better. But what else would you give out as a piece of advice for just wellness and self-care? So my ebooks, the seven self-care tips, you know, you should be doing, but you're not. 
the way that I approach that, it's um, I think it's a different perspective. I think I've heard from so many clients and just different followers and readers that I don't have time for self-care. It's mm-hmm. just too busy for it because they get overwhelmed thinking that you have to do all of these different mm-hmm. things. And you know, self-care, when you're going through a challenging time in your life, can be brushing your teeth and taking a shower. And little things like that are taking care of yourself. And that self-care is very personal for everybody. So I think it's just doing some type of self-care for yourself every day. I would say the number one thing for me is breathing. And it's not just you know, breathing to stay alive, but it's um, you know deep breaths because you can do it wherever you are. I can be, I feel myself tense up and get a little anxious. And it's just, you take in a deep breath through your nose, you hold it for a couple of seconds and you let it out. It just changes everything in your body. You can just feel it. And so I would say just, you know, take deep breaths when you feel that anxiety happening. Uh, it's the easiest thing you can do wherever you're at. Agree. That's a good one too. And it, and it is so easy. Tell me a little bit about relationship advice. You know, what would you say to just the general audience on relationships? And, and that can be whether it's intimate relationships, friendships, family. Talk to me about some relationship advice that you would give out. I, well, number one, I already mentioned is just really nurturing that relationship with yourself because it's going to make you better in all of your relationships. And then I would honestly say to try to remove those toxic relationships from your life that shouldn't be there. And that can be really hard. Uh-huh. Um, going through my divorce, I lost friends that they weren't benefiting me. They weren't bringing value. Um, and it was almost more of a stress to confide in them or talk to them, but they were still people that were in my life. And I wasn't uh-huh. sure how to go about that. So and it can be very, very challenging to do that. But if you find that they're not adding value to your life and nurturing you, then it's not going to benefit you in the long run. And so I would say nurturing that relationship with yourself and removing toxic relationships from your life. I love that. And I want to follow up on that just for a second. How do you break up with those toxic friends? Mm-hmm. Um, there's different ways. Um, I've been broken up with from a friend uh, via text, which I did not like, but that was, again, I respected her decision for that. It was really hard on me, actually. Um, there's a lot of different ways. I think that you can have an honest conversation with them. No one likes to be broken up with, whether it's a romantic relationship or a friendship, but just being honest with them. And it might be an email that might be easier. Um, I think uh, drifting away sometimes just can happen over time. And um, that's also happened in some of my friendships. So I think there's many different ways to go about it. But um, I think just being direct and honest at, for what you need. I mean, that's being honest and vulnerable with, you know, with yourself and that person. But you, it's, it's having boundaries. And, you know, again, if someone's not bringing value to your life as an additional stress on you, that's not going to help you heal. And I think that is so important for us to recognize because we often keep people around way longer than we should because we feel bad. We feel guilty. I don't want to hurt their feelings. And I guess it is, again, back to what you said of being a caretaker and just, oh, I'll just put up with so-and-so because I don't want to hurt their feelings. But it sounds like you're saying, again, self-care and boundaries let that person go. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's benefiting them as well. 
Great. I love that. That is great advice. We're going to switch switch topics here for a quick second before I let you go. As you know, I love tattoos. I have a yeah. lot of tattoos. I have my next tattoo uh, appointment booked, so we're moving uh-huh. right along. Um, but I like to talk to the guests about tattoos, and I know that you have a very special one. And I would love if you would share with us um, what that is and why you got it. Absolutely. Um, I never thought I would get a tattoo. Not that I don't love them. I think they're beautiful. I'm just afraid of needles. And so (laughs) I never really planned on getting a tattoo. And then um, it was a month before my divorce was final. So, I mean, I already, you know, lived on my own and it was almost happening. Um, My little 19 year old Jack Russell, who had been with me basically my entire adulthood, my whole marriage, um, we, we were losing her. She was um, going to pass away. And so I got her paw print before she passed away. Um, and then, um, it was right before my 40th birthday, I got her paw put on my foot. And so I can look down and I can see her paw print and, um, it makes me so happy whenever I look at it, it just makes me so happy when I see that there it makes me remember her and think about her. And I'm so glad I have that. I absolutely love that as a dog mom myself. So I can respect that for sure. Now, I know you said you thought you'd never get a tattoo because the whole needle thing, and that is, you know, contraindicated if you're not a needle fan. Um, (laughs) But are there any future tattoos? Because you have a Bailey now. So (laughs) what are we thinking? Yes, I do want to get um, another tattoo, possibly a couple. I'm not sure where, but um, the Tree of Life is my logo for my business on my Mm -hmm. necklace. And I really would love to have that somewhere on my body. That's been very significant in my healing, just the growth of a tree. Mm -hmm. And then also because I run marathons, I'd love to get 26.2 or something about running somewhere on my body. So probably my feet or my legs or something Mm -hmm. like that. So this in the future. (laughs) Love it. Well, you are local to me, so I can actually recommend some good area artists for you when you are ready for that. Um, Jasmine, please tell everybody where they can find you if they want to just see what's going on in your life, look into your coaching, learn about your book, read your blog. Um, Where can they find Jasmine? My website is goodthingsaregonnacome.com and all my social is on my website. So you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest all there on my website. And then there's the link that you can find to my blog and I post weekly on Wednesdays and I send out a email. So if you sign up to get the free e-news, um, ebook, then you'll sign up for my newsletter and you'll get a newsletter from me once a week. I try not to bombard you with too much, um, but everything is on my website, goodthingsaregonnacome.com. Awesome. Well, Jasmine, I appreciate your time today. I really appreciate you being so open and vulnerable with me and with the audience and sharing your story. I know that good things are coming for you. Good things are going to come for everybody out there. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciated it. And I love being here. I really hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with Jasmine as much as I did. I really appreciate how open and honest she was and how she really stressed that your relationship with yourself is the most important. So remember, until next week, 
You are strong enough and you are worth it. Thank you for listening to the Strong Enough Podcast. You can find us on your favorite podcast platform by searching Strong Enough. And on YouTube, we're available on the Spear Talk channel. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Strong Enough Pod. If you have suggestions for an upcoming episode or a future guest, please reach out at strongenoughpod at gmail.com. Remember, you are worth it.